Welcome to the Mariner's Church Life Group Leader Podcast. This weekly conversation is designed to equip and resource you to build a healthy life group community that studies God's Word, practices spiritual rhythms, and changes the world together. Welcome, leaders, back to the Life Group Leader Podcast. We are looking at week two in our series, On the Table. And I've got our cheer pastor, Mr. Paul Hahn, joining us today. Hey, Paul. Hey there, leaders. Hey, John. Thanks yeah. for having me. Thanks for uh, joining us on this um, episode, Paul. We're really um, grateful for you and your leadership and your insight uh, with um, particularly this week's uh, topic. Um, all of our topics during the On the Table are questions that we all ask, questions that have been asked of us that we want to be equipped to navigate well with thoughtfulness and and looking at scripture um, and questions that are raised in, in our life groups. And so this this is a this is a question that many many have asked. Um, been one of my questions. Uh, we're looking at what what is the unforgivable sin? Like maybe you've heard that expression before. Like what is that? I've heard about this verse about blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. What if I've committed the um, unforgivable sin? Um, in some uh, traditions, um, they look at uh, death by suicide um, and, and wonder it. Does that classify as, and we're going to look at all of those things um, um, to help equip you through through today. Uh, as it is every week, though, super, super important on a couple of things. First, we want to encourage you to go listen to the sermon, the series overview that we released the Wednesday before week one of On the Table with Eric. Uh, we sat down and he did that. And then, of course, listen to the message, come to the weekend, listen to the message, but all of these, I would think these would be ones that you want to do a double listen to, like listen, listen a couple of times to these. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I've said it almost every week at this. I'm so just overwhelmed with gratitude that we're a church that not only wants to host and have conversations about any and every question, but also provide like thoughtful, caring, biblical response to these questions. Yeah. And hopefully for, for you guys, for our leaders, like we're just so grateful that you are confronted probably with these questions just yeah. as much as we are as pastors, right? You're the ones who are um, living life and walking alongside so much of our church. And so yeah. thank you. First yeah. of all, thank you for doing that. But second of all, I hope that you're feeling as these weeks go on, that you're feeling well equipped and well resourced, um, even if it's just helpful language, right. um, helpful resources, um, a thought exercise on some of these things. Yeah. Hey, and even before we dive into the questions, Paul, just right off the bat, why don't you just talk about some of the great resources that are in our care and recovery world that you help to lead out that would be helpful for leaders? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, as the care and recovery pastor, I just want to be sensitive, especially to those who um, maybe the quote unquote unpardonable sin that they've been wrestling with yeah. is um, suicidal ideation or um, even on a, a great, greater scale or more common scale, it might even just be feelings of depression yeah. or hopelessness. And so um, just for you guys to know, and I hope that you do already know, but to even remind you that um, our care and recovery ministry is here as a resource for all of you, um, for all of our life group leaders, that as you're having conversations and as these things are coming up, um, that you know that there are resources for you. So right. the first one that I want to share um, with you is uh, a conversation on mental health and faith. So we're hosting um, a conversation with Christian um, counselors and therapists, psychologists, um, and they're going to come in and just have a really honest conversation mm -hmm. of how they have seen and what they've come to believe is true about the intersection and even um, the, the 
overlap and as professionals in this area where they lean on faith, where yeah. they lean on um, the healing that only God can bring. And right. they're going to bring the practicality of, you know, tools and exercises and breathing techniques. And, you know, mm. and also they, of course, they believe in um, the efficacy of counseling and right. mental health resources. But also as professionals, they know that there's work that the Holy Spirit needs to do. Right. And so I want to invite you guys to come on January 28th. Right. Um, it's a Sunday. And to join us right after the 1130 service uh, to come on over to room 208 and we're going to have a panel uh, with with some professionals and then resources after that's great and awesome um, so that's just a great general resource i hope it's a it's one that doesn't feel intimidating for those um where you could be coming for resources on behalf of a loved one on behalf of a life group leader or if you yourself um just want resources that that's one great one mm -hmm. uh but i also want to let you guys know that community that's that's one of our main things that we say is yeah. is important for all of us right you guys are life group yeah. you know the importance of community um but one of the areas that community is super important is to act as a support network for those who are struggling for those who um yeah this is part of their story and so we have a variety of different groups including uh, remedy. Um, we have groups specifically for depression and anxiety, like right. Living Grace for Women. Um, we have Depression Bipolar Support. We have NAMI, which is a National Alliance on Mental Illness. Um, so, so many groups yeah. on our yeah. website um, that you can take a look at. And again, that's um, even outside of your life group, which can act totally. like that first initial, you know, you guys are praying for them, you're listening to them, you're uh, practicing a ministry of presence with them they yeah. know that you love them but if you need a supplemental um community support around them of other people who have walked through yeah. similar um journeys similar experiences with mental health that there are support groups awesome as well and then for you guys to know just if you are ever in the midst of a crisis um that you are in a conversation that feels really scary to like definitely know that you can reach out to us yeah but it's also maybe appropriate to reach out to uh, a suicide hotline yeah that if you're in a conversation and you're you're scared for the well-being of, of someone that you're talking to um it may be appropriate to call 911 right it'd be appropriate to call 988 which is our national suicide hotline um or even text home h-o-m-e to 741741 and yeah. that's a text in number um which is all they're all resources they're all yeah. lines and warm lines for you to receive care in the moment if you're feeling that this is like a crisis right. emergent situation it's really good that's really good i'm so grateful paul that we have those incredible resources here and just to underscore what you're saying always appropriate to seek help and look for resources Never appropriate to try to figure it out and solve it all by yourself. Correct. Nor is it your your role too. I mean, it's the reality of doing life in community. Things get messy, and it's the realities of of life. Yes. Um, and leaders, you love the people in your group, and that's the first and primary thing that they need to hear, that you need to hear, that we all need to hear, that you are seen, fully known, and fully loved, yes. no matter what you're facing, no matter what the difficulty is, and that it's not our responsibility to try to solve the pro the problems that others are facing. We point towards resources, we partner with others, and we seek out the help that that's needed. And I love, I love, Paul, that you lead that out, that we've got an abundance of resources, both on offer here um, that we do here at Mariners, but also we could point to, point to outside of Mariners. So that, that's great, man. All right, we're going to jump in now a little bit. We're going to interact with um, the questions that are related to this week's topic. There's a lean-in question here. It says, if you could create one rule that everyone in the world would follow, what would it 
what would it be? And I think the the point of this question is you kind of want to start to expose that we all have these rules, right? These lines in the sand that we kind of fictitiously create. And surprise, surprise, we can't even hold them up ourselves, right? So it's trying to just open up our thinking and into that mindset. Like if your rule was, I wish, I want everyone to be on time. All the time, on time, yeah. all the time. Well, guess what? Are you on time all the time? All the time? <laughs> no, I'm not because guess what? Paul and I were supposed to have this uh, podcast <laughs> recording yesterday and I moved it to today and I pushed it a half an hour from its original meeting. So <laughs> I know that I can't do that. But I think that's the point of that question is just to get you thinking about the rules that we create and how we even break them ourselves. Yeah, it's a fun way to even like, I, I love how some of these could be lighthearted. Yeah. And I could even get into some of that where we're exploring opportunities and areas for us to be more gracious. Yeah. To skitters. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yes, that's right. That's good. Um, and then I'm going to read the passage here in a minute for the look down section, but just a reminder, it's always helpful to look at the questions related to the lookout before you read the passage. Um, so there's a couple of questions here. What do you learn about forgiveness and sin from the passage? Actually, that's the one question for this week. So what do you learn about forgiveness? What do you learn about sin from the passage? So you want to state that question and then read. Uh, we're going to read Matthew 12, and then we'll read just a portion of the next um, passage in Hebrews 10. I'll go ahead here, Matthew 12, 30 through 32. What's the question? What do you learn about sin? What do you learn about forgiveness? Anyone who is not with me is against me. This is the words of Jesus. And anyone who does not gather with me scatters. Therefore, I tell you, people will be forgiven every sin and blasphemy, but the blasphemy against the spirit will not be forgiven. Whoever speaks a word against the son of man, it will be forgiven him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him either in this age or in the age to come. And then Hebrews 10, I'm just going to read verse 26, but in your groups, read 26 to 31. It says, For if we deliberately go on sinning after receiving the knowledge of truth, there is there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. Okay, so on the surface, it, it there seems to be a sort of black and white um Understanding, understanding to these, but we need to dive into this a bit, a bit more to understand what Jesus is actually saying here. So, Paul, how would you interact just with that look down? What do you learn about sin? What do you learn about forgiveness from from these passages? Yeah, I mean, as I reflected on it, I think what I was reminded by was this really uh, beautiful statement that Eric made uh, mm-hmm. even on the weekend, which is that um, Jesus has a high view of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what I'm getting from it is uh, just this sense of the vastness of God's grace mm-hmm. and truly like the power of the work of Jesus on the cross to cover every sin, to cover sins past, present, future. Yeah. Um, I mean, he even talks about like speaking a word against the son of man, like speaking, yeah. speaking about Jesus right. before you know him can even be forgiven. And mm-hmm. like, you're talking about God at that point, you know? Right. Um, but what that reminded me of was even the passage from Romans uh, 5, 8, um, that God demonstrates his love for us. Yeah, this way. That even while we were sinners, yeah. he died for us. So yeah, it makes sense that even um, being against Jesus at that moment, uh, before we knew him, is forgiven. Right. That's, that's uh, you know, consistent with his word. Totally. When we were against Jesus, he would still die for us, and that that debt was sufficient enough to cups kids. Yeah. And so... Um, yeah, I, I I was so encouraged about that that concept of a high view of forgiveness, this like vastness. Yeah, of God's grace and forgiveness. yeah, it's a high view of forgiveness and a sobering right size view of sin. For 
at the same time too. It's the sin that necessitates the need for forgiveness. Yeah. If sin was not a thing, then obviously sacrifice, sin, we, we, we don't need that. But because there is a weightiness to our sin, then yes, grace atonement is available to us and it comes at a great cost. It comes at the cost of God giving us his, his son and us believing in him and trusting in him. Um, and so there's, there's great, there's great truth in that. Yeah. I love it. In verse 31 in, in Matthew 12, therefore I tell you, people um, will be forgiven every sin. Mm-hmm. So it, it tells us that, that there, there's been a way, like yeah. there has been an atoning sacrifice in which every sin will be, will be forgiven. Then you get this but statement, but blasphemy against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. And you tie that into Hebrews 10, where it talks about, mm. if we deliberately go on sitting after receiving the knowledge of truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice to sin. Mm-hmm. So what would you say, okay, what, what is it then? What is the unpardonable sin? Like, what are we, what are we trying to say? Here? And you can have a great conversation about that in your groups, but yeah. I'm actually going to read directly from Eric's um, sermon, which I think is help, helpful. And the two points that he makes here, really within this passage is this, reject the Holy Spirit and there isn't forgiveness for anything. So what is the unforgivable sin? It's actually rejecting the Holy Spirit. And what does the Holy Spirit do? He reminds us that, that we have a need of salvation, convicts us, right? Brings us into that that spot of conviction that draws us towards repentance. And if we, re- if we reject that, the work of the Holy Spirit, so if you reject the Holy Spirit, then there isn't forgiveness for anything. Mm-hmm. But if you receive the Holy Spirit, then there is forgiveness for every for everything, for everything. And then I love what Eric says here in the message. He says, so what is the unpardonable sin? The unpardonable sin is continually rejecting Jesus when you understand who he is and what he has done. If you continually resist the Spirit showing that uh, if, if you continually resist the Spirit showing that you need Jesus, if you reject Jesus over a lifetime, when you die, there is no way that you can be forgiven. There is a sin that is unforgivable. And that sin is not murder. It's not adultery. It's not suicide. It's not even spitting in the face of Jesus or nailing him to the cross. The unforgivable sin is rejecting him after you fully understand what he has done for you and rejecting him over and over again. And so you probably sat at people, Paul, were like, well, have I done that? I wonder if I did that because I keep doing this thing that I don't want to do. I'm stuck in this pattern and this habit. And it actually, in a really gracious way, that is the work of the Spirit to make you even ask that question, which shows you, no, you wouldn't even be asking that question if your heart was so calloused and turned and completely rejecting. No, the fact that you're aware, cognizant of your sin, and want to make a, a change about it, that is the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. Yeah, and we're in good company with that. Yeah. Story, with the Apostle Paul and yeah, Romans 7. You think of Romans 7. Yeah, yeah. So thinking of... Um, when we were studying Galatians, like... Yeah. We were give, we been given freedom, right? We, right. We were set free for freedom. Um, and yet, we still have that tension of whether or not to use that freedom to yeah. satisfy the selfish desires of our flesh. To war to serve one another humbly in love, you know, to do the things that honor God and love others. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we're definitely in good company, even after being saved. Yeah, yeah. Just like the Apostle Paul, like, yeah, on this side of heaven. Right. It's real. It's right. And there's a difference between, like, Paul talks about using grace as a license to sin. Right. I've been forgiven for everything, so I could do any, anything I want. Right. Well, no, because then that also shows, like, a callousness yeah. 
to what it cost yeah. to receive your receive your forgiveness and a callousness for what you should be compelled to now act right. in light of that forgiveness that you've received. Yeah. Like grace demands a response and the response is our lives lived in appropriation to what God has, God has done. Yeah. Something that I've really loved and yeah. learned from um, being around those in recovery, really? that idea of daily dependence. Mm-hmm. So when you're talking to someone who has a struggle or an addiction to something, um, yes, you can say like, there, there are those instances where Jesus will miraculously take that stronghold away from folks, right? right? But there are real people that I believe ha- have an honest faith um, really made that honest decision to follow Jesus where they could hold that addiction for the rest of their lives. That's right. And so they learn what a daily dependence is, right? They know that every day they're going to face totally. that battle. They're going to face that tension. Maybe it'll be less some days. It might come back yeah. stronger other days, but they are leaning into like believing that Jesus is going to help them through that day, yeah. that 24 hours. And so I think even in back to this conversation mm-hmm. of like, what is the unpardonable sin? It's not the struggle with sin, but it was the fact that there were those who said they didn't need Jesus. That's right. Those Pharisees who were living by morality, they were saying in in other words, in so many ways, I don't need you, Jesus. I can figure this out on my own. Yeah. But for those who, right. maybe even in your groups, like they continue to wrestle with that tension. Yeah. It's a beautiful reminder of like, no, like, actually in that tension it's your choice to say jesus i need you yeah like i need you in my marriage right you know, that's that feels like it's wrong for i need you in this addiction that feels too you know right surmountable right myself. i need you in the feelings of hopelessness like be my anchor it's good. Soul. really good yeah. really good i mean it's that will warren c.s lewis quote that eric does in the message here too there are only two kinds of people in the end who say to God, thy will be done. Yes. And those to whom God says in the end, thy will be done. That's right. And that's like a, a willing, um, choiceful, like I am complete, I'm, I'm aware and I'm rejecting. I'm aware and I'm rejecting. I want nothing to do with your charity, your gift, your kindness. Like I'm going to trust and lean on, on myself. Right. Um, and, and as you said, I thought it was really well said too, that it's so often those that, you know, the, the religious morality, the elite that feel like I've got everything fine, I, I don't need it, that are often that much further from the reality of what grace is right. than those that are totally aware and needing it are the ones that are much closer to it. So really good. Great. Um, we'll go through these next ones just a bit quicker. Uh, the lookout question then, we want to start having a conversation about forgiveness and what that looks like. A question here, when was the time you saw or experienced radical forgiveness? You might have a story of someone you've seen or you know or love where, man, they were aware and they got something that they didn't des- they didn't deserve. They received grace and that could come in a relational sense or you could talk from, you know, a salvation sense of what God has done to somebody. Uh, and this is getting a little too personal in the lookout. Yeah. But as I was reading that one, I thought for some of our life groups where maybe it's been a while since you guys have done Rooted yeah. and you've heard each other's stories. That could be a really beautiful good. place to remind each other of like those aspects of your stories where, you know, you encountered God's totally in a really radical way. Right. Um, and remind yourselves of, um, yeah, those stories that kind of knit our groups together. That's good. That's a good point. Well said. Uh, then down to the look-in, uh, the questions here are really aimed at getting us um, in tune with the work of the Spirit in our lives, right? So if the unpardonable sin is rejecting the Holy Spirit, and we've received the Holy Spirit, 
So what does it look like for us to have received the Holy Spirit? Well, where are a couple things that the Holy Spirit does? Well, the first question is, where do you see the fruit of the Spirit in your life? Like, where have you seen that, that sanct- sanctification, you know, that long obedience in the same direction, like you're creating the environment, cultivating growth to be possible? Mm-hmm. What, is, what does that look like? Where, where in your life have you seen the fruit of the Spirit develop over, um, over time? And then the second one, where in your life do you long to see the work of the Holy Spirit? Which, which could say, you know, we don't always use these words, but like, man, where, where do you often feel convicted yeah. by the Holy Spirit? It's a difference between condemnation and conviction, right? Absolutely. Condemnation says you did it. You, you are this yeah. conviction says, no, actually there's something that I want you to, we're going to work together to grow out of this thing. It's not who you are, but I want you to grow out of this. That's good. I, yeah. I was going to say that I feel like the distinction there between <laughs> condemnation and conviction is that condemnation is an identity. That's right. It tells you that you are your sin versus yeah. conviction is no, because of who God calls you to be, that's why the sin is more apparent. Right? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. It's like a shaming thing right, right, right. of who you become, right? And so we want to talk about that, but both of those things. Like, man, where have I seen the work of the Holy Spirit in my life? Where have I seen that? And then, man, where, where do I know I need to lead, lead into some things? Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that's just reminding us that you've received grace and that there's a, a journey about working that in our lives and how we follow how we follow Jesus. So have some good conversations uh, with 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 that as well. Awesome, man. Well, Paul, thanks so much for joining. Really helpful. Thanks again for the resources. And if people can't remember everything that we talked about, where's the best place to find these resources online? Yeah, come on over to our uh, Mariners Church website, MarinersChurch.org. Boom, and search care, mm-hmm. um, and you'll be directed to our care and recovery page, um, which has all the information that you need. Um, there's also some on the uh, QR code, right? Our on the table resources um, page, and so um, hopefully between those two places, you'll have everything that you need. Um, and then, of course, you can always request to speak to a member of our care team. Yeah, on our care. Every yeah, our care team, our pastor of the day line, all of that is on the kit. That's all a resource for all of, all of our life completers. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, thanks for your time. We'll see you this weekend, and catch you on here next week for the next episode.